Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Adventure Options Podcast. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Island Jane. We get to look back on her past as well as explore the things that she's doing now. We talk lava and dolphins, Colombia and Hawaii, and more. As always, this podcast is sponsored by Adventure Writers, copywriting for the travel industry. If you need a copywriter, go to adventurewriters.agency for help. That's adventure, W-R-I-T-E-R-S dot agency. Now for the show. Jane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Shana. I'm honored. Do you go by Island Jane in your everyday life or is that just for your website? Uh, it depends on who is asking. I, I'm here in Hawaii. I am Kumu Jane a lot. Kumu means teacher. Oh, cute. I like that. I, <laughs> it's like one of those cute little, uh, you know how nowadays people are calling their grandma Mima and, and Nina and Nana and all these other cute little things. I thought maybe it'd be something like that. Kumu. It just sounds like one of those like cute little endearing terms. Well, and I'm also anti. Anti Jane. Anti Island Jane. (laughs) Anti Island Jane. Anti Aloha Ambassador. Anti Jungle Jane. I've been named a lot of those wild things. (laughs) Jungle Jane. I like that one. I'm going to call you Jungle Jane. (laughs) Well, you have my permission. Thank you. Now, did you grow up in Hawaii? Oh, no, absolutely not. I grew up in New York, so I've kind of gotten as far away as possible. That's a big difference. Yeah, I kept moving west. Uh, I have a lot of curiosity, a lot of questions about how the world works, so I just kept moving to places I hadn't been before, and Hawaii is pretty far out there. So let's dig back into your history. How do you get that bug to travel? And when did you start traveling? You know, I blame it on my uh, parents because (laughs) I think my dad was responsible with his itchy feet. He was a very intelligent man. And he took uh, all five kids in the station wagon camping across the United States just about every summer. And by the time I was too cool to go along and, you know, being a high school kid and having my first summer job, uh, we had gone to just about every national park in the United States, except for Hawaii and Alaska. All the ones you could drive to, you went to. We did. We did. And we set up the tents and it was my job to blow up the air mattresses and, We cooked our little stew and had s'mores by the fire, and I learned to play the harmonica, and it was was amazing. This is so exciting for me because I have four kids, which is not quite five, but it feels like five a lot of the time. And I take them camping, and so this makes me excited that maybe one day one of my kids will live in Hawaii, and then I can come visit them. (laughs) I'm hoping that that's the trend. If you take them camping, one will move to Hawaii. Well, I didn't just move to Hawaii. I moved to the big island, which I think is the wild island. And it offers more opportunities for hiking and camping than any of the other islands. That's my opinion. So when did you move there? It's been about 
going on eight years. Yeah, seven or eight years. And where did you live before that? I lived in Seattle, and I still have a little cottage on an island, Island Jane, in uh, Puget Sound. But I moved to Hawaii because uh, I was just fascinated with how things grow so abundantly and easily and just uh, fresh produce. And so I came here and kind of hung a shingle, brought my Island Jane, you know, eco-tour business with me. And I, uh, I've had a really, really wonderful experience despite the lava, which affected uh, my whole community last year. So, but it's taught me a lot, you know, losing my property and my house to the lava was quite a altering experience, but, uh, you know, nature is powerful. And, uh, so that's, uh, one of the stories I have in my little series of vignettes, I'm, I'm writing a book called Hey Nature Lady. And, uh, just a lighthearted series of nature encounters that I, I've experienced. So I'm excited about that. That sounds so fun. I totally forgot about the lava there. I mean, I remember seeing it on the news and I actually have a friend who lives on the big Island and she would put updates on her Facebook feed all the time. It didn't affect her house, but I totally forgot that happened. Now you're saying it took your house. Yeah, my house and property, one acre is, and my beautiful gardens, all my orchids and fruit trees, everything is under 60 feet of lava. That is so sad. <laughs> you believe it? Oh my gosh. So wait, do you still own that acre of lava? Uh, yeah, but you couldn't build on it. You couldn't uh, get a permit. You, uh, you can't get there, for one. So, so no. It's like, I, it's like owning a star. It's like when someone sells you a star and you can name it and stuff. You own it, but there's no way you're ever doing anything with it. Oh, that's a, there's, that's a very good analogy. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's Feel very free to put it accurate. in your book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love oh, that. that. So, sad, though. so how, do you, how did you recover from that? Or where did you go? So, well, I mean, the immediate was evacuate and um, hole up with other evacuees and refugees and uh, wait it out because no one really knew what was, um, when it was going to stop, how serious it was going to be. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm now in Hilo uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just renting and reevaluating things, and uh, all good things are coming together. Um, feeling very positive, and uh, I've actually been approached to put together some eco tour packages around uh, those key words: positive, playful, purposeful, passionate. Uh, so I'm I'm building it around dolphins and swimming with uh, wild dolphins, which you still can do here. Uh, for many years, I worked in the San Juan Islands, and I started a program called Island Institute, ran it for over 10 years, and it's an immersion experience where you spend seven days, you know, on an island and learning about nature and immersing yourself in it, and actually, we got people in wetsuits 
and they got in the water and, uh, <laughs> you know, 50 degree water. Uh, but, you know, here in Hawaii, it's a lot easier. Um, we don't have orca whales here so much, but uh, the dolphins and humpback whales and, and you can actually get in the water. So I'm excited about building these packages. I, you had me at dolphins. I'm there. <laughs> you let me know. I'm there. I'm going to be out there. That just sounds like such a fantasy to be swimming around with the dolphins. It's like one of those things you dream of as a, as a little kid. Yeah. And this isn't like in a tank or in a swimming pool. These are wild dolphins and they come to the boat and, uh, it's, and if they want to leave, they leave. But for the most part, they are very social like, uh, people can be. And they, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from, uh, the pod energy, um, the social group, led by females, by the way. Oh, I love that. Okay, you've got, you got me hooked on dolphins. We're doing it. So let's go back a little bit and talk about how you get into the adventure travel world. Like, what was your first job in the area? I know you have a master's degree in what? Ecotourism and sustainability? Actually, my master's in environmental education environmental how do you take that and and mold it into what you are now well my first job out of college was working at okifinoki uh swamp with alligators and uh and i was given a canoe and told to go out and find the alligator nest and count the eggs that was my job so a little bit different than swimming with dolphins is swimming with <laughs> alligators. <laughs> it doesn't quite have the same uh, pull. <laughs> yeah. I, I insisted on a, 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 no, a little electric kick motor because, uh, yeah, you need to be able to get away. <laughs> they can run up to 40 miles an hour. That's so true. I just uh, always love putting young people and kids of all ages. Uh, in a learning environment, in nature. So uh, I guess that's where it started. And I worked for Audubon. I worked for National Wildlife Refuges. I worked for a um, small cruise ship up in Alaska. Uh, just, uh, oh, I've worked so many different places. It's like a patchwork quilt. <laughs> and I've traveled so many places. I was looking at a... Uh, world map and I was remembering I mean I appreciate having this interview because I've forgotten half the places that I you know I, oh yeah I've been there oh I remember that now <laughs> you know, I remember that experience in Africa or in uh, Thailand or Colombia it was only two years ago hmm so I um guess it just started from wanting to teach people about the environment and then I got involved with Venture Travel Trade Association and uh, they asked me to network uh, and be kind of an Aloha ambassador and bring people in the service industry together. So uh, I held these uh, bi-monthly meetings and um, people from zipline companies, you know, whale watching companies, um, uh, Paniola, horseback riding, whatever the adventure was, got together and we just share stories and network and, and help each other. So that, you know, I did that for like three years and it really built, built a, a great uh, social group for me and a lot of connections, which continue to um, evolve. 
in fact, I am been doing these jungle to table experiences where people come for a meal and uh, in the out of doors and uh, eat everything that is from the land. And, uh, and we're going up to a vanilla farm. Did you know that uh, vanilla is from an orchid? No, I did not. <laughs> I didn't either. But, but I love food and everything to do with food. So you're, you're speaking to my soul right now. Well, you'll need to do this because everything is made with vanilla. And uh, so we're going to go up to this farm and learn all about it. And so this is just how it's just turning over the rocks on the island. There's so many interesting people and diverse uh, you know, deeper experiences in, in nature that, that is available if you uh, observe and pay attention. That's beautiful. Now, are you leading the tours or are you connecting people to different tour operators? I am a connector, uh, but I am also developing, like I said, the, the dolphin project. So I'm working on developing that. I feel strongly about that. I want to lead again. I used to lead for the Smithsonian. I used to do tours for them. I used to work at the Pacific Science Center and lead tours. So we went to Jamaica. We went, we went, uh, oh gosh, we went all over. And then we, um, and then I worked for International Wildlife Adventures and we went to Belize and I set up jungle reef packages where you go and snorkel on the reef and then you go into the jungle and see the, um, blue morpho butterflies and the monkeys and so those were packages that I developed for a company so uh now I'm back to maybe developing some for me you really are you really are a patchwork quilt like your life experiences are just so fun and so diverse and it's just it's so fun how nonchalant you are like oh yeah I worked for the Smithsonian and then I lived in this jungle and I I love it. I love that you just can take so many different experiences and and mold them into one life. I think that's amazing. What made you decide to kind of settle in on Hawaii then after all these world experiences? Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hawaii has a way of either spitting you out or sucking you in. And And actually, it really tested me with the lava. And, uh, you know, many people did get spit out. And, like, my whole community has changed. But um, there's – I've learned so much about the culture. And I'm actually developing a trip right now to Peru where we're taking uh, Hawaiian students and and, and parents, anyone who's interested. We have a small group we're taking to Peru and doing a cultural exchange. And I just think that um, it's it's uh, the way to travel, uh, you know, is to go with a deeper sense of purpose and to be able to bring something, you know, and to receive as well. That's beautiful. I think Hawaii might have spit me out. Let me tell you why. And maybe I should give it another chance. But for my senior trip in high school, my parents sent me to Hawaii because my sister was going to school there. And so I was going to room with my sister in her little dorm, her, oh, what you call it? Hilo, is that how you say house? Yes. Yeah, in her Hilo. Um, and she was going to show me all around Hawaii. And I was coming from Idaho, from wintertime in Idaho. So it was a brush of fresh air as far as, as the temperature and stuff. But we were going to go climb this mountain. And my sister said, 
all the locals do it barefoot because it's so muddy, it's easier to just do it barefoot because your shoes are just going to get stuck. So I thought, well, I want to be like the locals. I took off my shoes, walked up that mountain barefoot, and then came back down barefoot. And my feet were so swollen (laughs) for the rest of the week. Oh my goodness. Because I wasn't even used to walking in flip-flops or anything because I had gone from, you know, heavy-duty snow boots (laughs) <laughs> to walking barefoot on this mountain. <laughs> and so That's I, I, had, I had to keep my feet elevated for a little bit. And then she was like, you know, you really need to try surfing since you're here. And so <laughs> she took me out and she had her boyfriend at the time with us and they were going to uh, teach me how to surf. And I fell off the surfboard and cut my foot with coral. What? Yeah. And a little bit of coral got stuck in my foot. So being the young you know, I was a teenager. She was in her young twenties being the young kids. We are instead of going somewhere to get it taken out. She said, well, my boyfriend can cut that out. So he took his knife, heated it up with fire, you know, to sanitize it or whatever. They put a towel in my mouth so I could, I could bite down on it and they cut the coral out. Cause they said, if you don't get it out, it will grow in there. Yeah, I, that sounds torturous. I, I think you might have had a sea urchin spine because that's often what grows on the reef. And if you don't get them out, yes, it will fester and it will be a real, the poison, the toxins will be a real problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, no, that, that's horrible. That could have been. Well, you know what's funny though? I It was still such a great trip. I mean, as a as a high school senior to feel like one of the big kids because you're out there with your big sister. Like it was, it was still an amazing trip. And, and truth be told, we went back to Hawaii. Oh, four years ago, me and my husband, my kids and my whole family, my extended family. But it was just, they're just the funniest stories of, of trying to be like a local and just, I was just a fish out of water. <laughs> Barefoot hiking and surfing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my my body took a beating. <laughs> yeah, your sister really wanted to immerse you, all right. <laughs> yes, she did. So let's talk about some of the adventures uh, you're doing right now. I know on your island, janetours.com, islandjaneecotours.com, um, you talk about some different things on the big island, but then you also include Columbia. Why Columbia? Uh, because I've recently uh, been there, and it uh, it's such a beautiful country, and it's also extremely diverse, like Hawaii, and uh, it is very wild, you know. And so I um, was promoting uh, trips down there. Uh, I was fortunate to be uh, escorted by the Columbia Tourism Department in a kind of a golden triangle tour. So I got to see the highlights of the country. And I was so excited about the naturalist guides that I've met. And so, uh, yeah, we have, uh, I have connections down there and can provide an amazing experience in going to the Amazon or the coffee region or over to the coast. I mean, there's horseback riding, there's fishing that would make Alaska, you know, <laughs> look small. <laughs> so, yeah, it, the opportunities there for wild experiences um, are, are abundant. 
What do you say to people who are afraid to go to Colombia because of maybe what they've heard about the political issues that they've had, things like that? Yeah, uh, if people are afraid to go, I don't uh, talk them out of it. I just explain that we uh, have excellent guides and that it's, uh, you know, you'll have an excellent experience. But if, you know, people are afraid, then there's, they can come to Hawaii. It's safe. It's the United States. <laughs> it's easy. And, uh, and it's very aloha. So, um you know, this is a very, Hawaii is very gentle, very healing. If they don't want the high adventure of going to someplace, you know, south of the border, then maybe, you know, that's not for them. There's, there's something for everyone. There is something for everyone. And, you know, everybody has their own gut feeling. And, and we're not here to change people's mind about it. We're here to educate and uh, provide a learning opportunity. Speaking of education, you've done a lot of that in your life as far as environmental issues go. What's your favorite thing to teach people about? My favorite thing to teach people about? Ah, oh, that's a good question. But I would say, uh, you know, marine life. Uh, I have a, and that's why I'm on an island. <laughs> now, what we're doing, you know, to our planet. I mean, the whole, you know, plastics and, um, but just learning about uh, populations, how they were uh, from orcas to dolphins to humpback whales to, you know, just uh, taking people out snorkeling and learning the different fish, uh, you know, learning about octopus, how smart they are, just, you know, more of the science, the science and uh, not so much the issues, but uh, we touch on it and uh, certainly, you know, believe in leave no trace, but uh, uh, it's more about the, the education and marine think, science. Yeah. I think that is key. I think when people are educated about the animals and, and how awesome the different species are, I think naturally they want to take care of them. Naturally they want to make sure they have an environment to thrive in. First, it's just always pounding down that, you know, we're we're ruining the planet and we're doing horrible things and we need to do better. Sometimes I think if we come around the backside and hit it from look at how amazing our planet is, then naturally people just want to take care of it. Yeah. And something I really, you know, you learn about is, you know, everything connected and, you know, with environmental education, my, my um, master's program, you know, was based on learning, uh, in a residential situation. So if you're immersed in it and you're, you're living it for five days, six days that you get, you're much more a part of it. And uh, that's really what the Aloha spirit. I mean, that's what Aloha means in Hawaiian is, you know, you interacting rightfully with the planet, you're being part of it, it all. And that, um, you know, and that you're joyfully sharing it, you know, ha is breath and it's, it's just, so uh, not to get too, you know, um, as people say, spiritual about it, but, uh, it, you know, it, there's a deeper meaning uh, that we can bring to light for people. And are they, they just, it's revealed through the experience. I love that. I'm okay going a little spiritual here. So I think that's beautiful. <laughs> I really like that. Jane, I love talking to you. You just have a great energy about you. You're fun to learn from. You're fun to hear from. 
I have two questions for you to kind of end this podcast. And the first one is, where's your favorite place to go? If you, if you could only go one place, where would it be? And I know this is a terrible question. Everybody hates answering it. But just if you could just tell us one of your favorite places to go, and we're not going to hold you to it. If, if 10 years down the road, you want to change your mind, you go ahead. <laughs> but that's the first question. Where's your favorite place to go? And the second one is if you could just leave us with your, your tip, what would you tell today's travelers? Ah, uh, uh, boy, yeah, that's a tough one. You know, I have to say Hawaii because uh, we have 11 of the 13 climate zones, so you can go around the world, but, you know, we've got it all here. And, yes, it's a microcosm, but um, it's, it's very gentle. It's a healing place. Uh, it's easy. It's, it's quite astonishing, and it's beautiful. So I uh, would have to say that I've traveled a lot and coming home here or having this as a part of my life uh, is, is, you know, very important to me. Uh, and leaving people with something, you know, travelers, uh, you know, I, I, I just recommend that people bring the spirit of aloha with them and, uh, you know, be part of it. Uh, we, what we do with young people here, uh, and I work with these groups, is to Kilo every day. Kilo is to observe and uh, just to be quiet and to listen and look at the weather, look at the clouds, you know, really be part of it, of what's going on now, be present and uh, slow down, unplug <laughs> and, you know, connect with your environment. And so that's what I recommend that people bring that, that aloha and that they um, bring a spirit of exchange as well. Uh, like we are doing in Peru, we're going to go and uh, these, this group is going to chant for, for the uh, folks down there that we're going to be staying with. And, and um, consequently, they're going to be sharing their, their weaving and their art and their pottery. So it's, it's going to be very rich. So aloha. That, <laughs> That's, I've learned a lot. <laughs> that is perfect. That is perfect. I love that. Jane, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. This has really been really um, fruitful for me <laughs> to think about myself and my life. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Shana here. Island Jane embodies the spirit of Aloha. I really hope you all get the chance to meet her someday. Until next time, Aloha.